right now he's worthy king of kings and lord of lords nobody like jesus oh clap your hands all you people and shout unto god with a voice of triumph in this house this morning Hallelujah. I just feel like something good is about to happen in this place for somebody. Hallelujah. More than a song I sing, I want to get a hold of him and never let him go. Does anybody else have a bulldog grip on this here this morning? Like a tenacity. I've just got a weed-like faith. I'm not about to give up without a fight. I'm going to hold on until the blessing comes in Jesus' name. There's a breakthrough in this house for somebody. You are right there. You're one step away. You're one hallelujah away. You're one thank you Jesus away. You're one hand clap away. You're one praise away from a breakthrough today. I'm going to give hope to somebody. You're not going to leave here the same way that you came in. But today is your day. You ought to just go ahead and declare it and let the enemy know today is my day. It's not just another Sunday, but this is the day that the Lord has hallelujah somebody say hallelujah my 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 hallelujah listen I can't help myself but when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me my soul cries out. Baby, if you think I've gone crazy, you haven't seen nothing yet. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, I know that he's there for me. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. 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 I wish you'd stop trying to be pretty. I know you got your hair made up. I know you got your dress on and your suit looking good. But I wish you'd stop trying to look pretty and give Jesus just a little bit of a hallelujah. Did somebody come to give Jesus the glory in this house? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Can't stop my feet ever since he lifted me up out of the miry clay and set it on a rock to stay. You ought to see how free and free that the Spirit of the Lord makes. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. Turn to a few people and tell them today's your day. I'll put a little faith with that right now. Turn to somebody and say, today is your day. 
I'm not going home the same way that I came. I can't go home the same way that I came. I can't. I came. I came for the blessing. I came for deliverance. I came expecting. I came for a touch. I came for a brand new anointing. I came for a healing. I came for a deliverance. Get a hold of it today. I will not let you go until you bless me. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, there's a healing in this house right now. There is a miracle waiting. Somebody just needs to grasp it and take hold of it and pull it down by faith and say, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I know we worshiped, I know we praised, but I remember them singing, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. How many want a blessing from the Lord today? Come on, don't play with it this morning. I said, how many want a blessing from the Lord? How many's made up in your mind this morning? I'm not going home the same. I'm going changed. My family needs it. My city needs it. I need it. I can't go home the same way. Well, hallelujah. Good to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning. Feel the presence of God. Somebody knows I've been preaching here for a little bit. Just the past couple of days. And uh, went out, played some b-ball with some guys, and uh, won two games. I just want you to know that right now. I'm not a baller, but I was with some great guys, I'm just going to say. Somebody asked me when I was walking in, they said, they said you got enough to, to preach today? You got enough in the tank? I said, man, I've got more than enough. It's about to happen. Listen, I, I don't know how long I've got in this thing. Jesus could call me home tomorrow. I don't know how long I've got in this. But while I've got it, I'm going to give it in Jesus' name. My wonderful family's here with me today, my wife and my three kiddos, and I'm so thankful that the Kyles have invited us all to come. I'm thankful. I preach so much better when my family's here. We're, uh, we're headed out on vacation this evening. We're going to be headed out, chilling and relaxing and having a good time. We're going to have a great time just getting away for a little bit. But right now, I feel like preaching in this house because right now, it's Holy Ghost time for somebody. Listen, I'm all fired up. You're just going to have to get a hold of it, stay or leave. But I'm fired up this morning. I'm not preaching for another several days. What do I have to, what do I have to fear? I got nothing to lose here this morning. Man, this is, this is it here this morning. If you're thankful for what Jesus is doing in this house, clap your hands to him one more time in this place and give Jesus praise. If you'll hang with me just for a few moments, the Spirit of the Lord will touch your life and fill you up to overflowing. Can I get a witness in the house? 
I know I've got Sister Amanda's witness over here. Taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, New Testament. Hebrews chapter 4. I want to read the first three verses in your hearing this morning. Thank you, Pastor Kyle, and to his wonderful family. We have indeed been blessed by their hospitality. We are so grateful for their ministry to us and what God is doing through them at this church. They are indeed a rare breed among the ministers of the United Pentecostal Church. I know you know this, but you have a wonderful, excellent pastor and pastor's family. We give them honor this morning. We thank God for the Kyles. Praise God. Amen. Love them and appreciate all that they've done for us. And I just have to give a shout out because she's done such a great job of hosting us and putting it all together. Sister Hannah Kyle, come on, lady. You've done awesome this week. And thank you so much for taking care of us. Got my white shirt on and my tie. It's, it's going to happen here today. Amen. Praise God. Just so good. I feel at home. I feel at home. Amen. Good to be with all of you here this morning. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 4, and let's begin at verse 1. Let us therefore fear. Let us therefore stand in awe. Let us therefore stand in reverence, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. I'm going to preach the word here this morning. But it doesn't matter how good your pastor or an evangelist or a preacher preaches the word. If it's not mixed with faith, it'll die in the pew. But this morning, the word of God is going to go forth. And I assure you, 100% guarantee or your money back that if you'll mix the word of God with faith, that word is going to be profitable for you. It's going to speak into your life and produce a fruit that's pleasing to God. For we which have believed do enter into rest. Those of you that have been born again of the water and of the spirit, you have seen, you have tasted, you have entered into that rest. As he said, I've sworn in my wrath if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. My message is very simply this morning to point you to nothing less than Jesus Christ and him crucified. If I speak about myself this morning it's going to be boring if I preach to you about other people that'd be gossiping if I speak about the world and its conditions that'd be depressing but when I preach about Jesus this morning I can tell you with all assurance it's going to be inspiring it's going to be transforming it's going to be freeing and you're never going to be the same I'm here to declare to you this morning that Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Something better is on its way to your life. If you believe it, I want you to turn to somebody and tell them something better is on its way. Something better is on its way. If I had a subtitle that you won't understand until later on, but if I had a subtitle for you this morning, it's hold on to your fork. 
Hold on to your fork. Hallelujah. If you're ready for the word of God this morning, set your Bibles down, raise your hands, lift your voice, and ask the Spirit of the living God to give you understanding, to preach and speak to you what thus saith the Lord. Would you ask Him right now from your own lips and your own heart? Would you lift up your voice? Matchless Jesus, there is no one that compares to you. You are mighty and great. We worship you. I thank you for the tremendous faith that I feel in this house. And I know that nothing shall stand against it, Lord. For you said this church is built upon a rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I pray that your word would fall on good ground this morning. Open up our ears. Open up our minds to understand. Let the spirit have its way and confirm your word with signs following. And we'll give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. We pray. Let the church say amen. On your way down to your seat, clap your hands one more time to the Lord Jesus if you love him this morning. Everybody wants a life of purpose, wants a life of happiness and success. Nobody wants their eulogy to be This guy did absolutely nothing with his life. That's perhaps one of the main reasons that you're here today. You want your life to be better than before. You want to be a better man, a better woman, a better father, a better husband, better wife, better mother, son, daughter, employee, citizen, Christian. And Moses tells us in Psalm chapter 90 that life on earth is brief. It's here today and it vanishes tomorrow. It's a vapor. In fact, you are not promised tomorrow, which is why I preach to you today. Take advantage of the moment, for today is the day of salvation. We don't preach a message of fear, but we do preach a message of truth. Your life is not promised tomorrow. You have been given this moment and this opportunity, and the very next breath you take is a very gift from God. Don't waste it. Don't waste that breath. Don't waste this moment. Don't waste this opportunity, for today is the day. Today is your day. This is the day that the Lord has made. You should rejoice and be glad in it. Just go ahead and make up your mind that today I'm going to give it my very best. If I got to fight through stress, if I got to put everything else aside, I'm going to give him my very best today. That's why the search for life is so popular. That's why there's hundreds of bestseller books like 10 Ways to Start Living the Life You've Always Wanted and A Better Life Now because we are on a quest for life. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Life is not a series of events in your life. It's not a bucket list. It's not things to check off. But life is a person. Somebody say, life is a person. Life is a person. For Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes unto the Father but by me. If you really want to know what life is all about, it's not the accumulation of wealth. It's not how popular you are. It's not how successful your business becomes. But true life, it is gauged by how well do you know Jesus Christ. For to know Jesus Christ is to have eternal life. I may not have much as far as the world is concerned. I may be penniless, broke, busted, but I'll tell you here today, I've got more life than the world will ever know because I met a man. 
I met a man whose name is G. We're not serving some God that's made of idols, that's made of wood and stone, that's set up in front of you that can't hear and can't speak. But I'm here to tell you, we serve the living Savior. This is not some dead, vain, dried up religion simply to go through the motions. We're in love with Jesus. There's a relationship that happens when you're born of the water and of the Spirit. That's why I say you'll never be the same again. Aren't you glad that you know him? Do you want to know him? If you want to know Jesus, then you've come to the right place. If you want to experience him, you've come to the right place. Play any song that you want to. Preach what you want to. But I've come to this place to meet Jesus. I've come to know the man who walked on water. I've come to know the man who can raise the dead to life. I don't need some patty cake service. I don't need to go through the motions. I'm not interested in normal church. I want to know the man. See, what I found is that while this earthly life is real and tangible, it's temporal. It doesn't. It won't last long. The cat dies. Thank the Lord for that. I'm a dog person. The cat dies. I'm so sorry, cat people, but this altar's open right now. The cat dies. The money gets spent. The refrigerator quits working. Friends move away. The body changes and gets older. The car rusts and on and on. This life decays. And there's no greater testament to this than on our phones. This awesome technology that they've got coming out, it lasts about two years and then it's time for an upgrade. I like technology like the best of them. But man, I get a phone. I just want it to last more than two years. Now you got to pay another $500, another $1,000. you got to get some other upgraded technology. Ever since the beginning, God has been interested in giving mankind life, specifically eternal life. Genesis 2.9, out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that's pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life, somebody shout life. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Why didn't Adam and Eve immediately reach for that tree of life? That's a good question. I'm not sure why. And the scripture doesn't really give us a good answer. I think they took their life for granted. I think that like most of us, they were just going through the motions of everything that God had provided them. Every gift that God had given them. But yet they had had squandered a little bit of that as they reached for that tree of knowledge of good and evil evil and disobeyed God they took their life for granted Eve was deceived into believing that she could be her own God Adam just wanted to be with the woman that's that's men right there say I know she's going bad but man that's whoo she's a hot looking mama I just got to go right it's got to chase right after that come on man you need to wake up just be flee youthful lust right there she's going after that's, that's what the first Adam did. He followed his bride. He followed, I'm, I'm thankful for that. You know, that, that, that the, the second Adam, though, whenever his bride was wandering off while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for the ungodly. That while that first Adam went after his wife, the second Adam came after us too. He said, I'm not going until I provide a way for them to come back to me. How many is thankful for the second Adam? Jesus Christ. Adam disobeyed Eve. Or Adam disobeyed. Eve was deceived. They both forfeited their right to eat from the tree of life. They're driven from the garden lest they should eat of the tree of life and become immortal beings in their sinful condition. 
God commissioned the tree of life to be guarded by two cherubim angels and a flaming sword to deprive man of the possibility of making himself immortal while sinful. This was a blessing to the human race because immortality apart from God is a curse rather than a blessing. This is what hell is going to be like. Sure, there's going to be the flames and there's going to be the darkness that can be felt. There's going to be the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. But what hell really is like is that the soul will live on apart from the presence of God. No hope, no joy, no life. That's what hell is going to be. But Adam and Eve, they wanted life on their terms. They wanted the Burger King life. Have it your way. That uh, sounds a little bit like our culture. Have it your way. But God has a better way. I said he has a better way. How many still believe that God has a better way? He's got a better plan. He's got a better life to give you. That's why I've come to declare under the anointing of the Holy Ghost to tell somebody here this morning, doesn't matter where your life has been, God has something better in store for you. I don't care what the news has said, what the economy is doing. I don't care what politics has to say about it. I don't care what your life has looked like. I've come to tell you that there is still hope. While there is still life in your body, God has got something better for you today. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life all the days the days when I'm up and the days when I'm down the days when I obey and the days when I disobey all I've got to do is turn around and see the goodness of God and the Bible says the goodness of the Lord leads us to repentance I said something better is on its way for you I want to instill hope in somebody right now this is not the end Those of you that are with me, you believe it. I know you're with me because you're saying amen, shouting hallelujah. But I'm speaking to those right now whose spirits are dried up like a prune. I'm talking about people right now whose minds have been so conflicted and bound up and discouraged and tormented by the enemy. He's lied to you and deceived you and told you that your days are numbered, that it's over, that you'll never live again, never walk again, never rise up again, never have a good relationship again, never have a good job again. I'm here to tell you that the devil he is a liar and the truth is not in him I've come to set somebody free in this house to let you know that God has something better for you today I said he's got wish I had a witness in the house I could testify and say yes turn to somebody say he's got something better come on tell him he's got something better devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. It's not just about some positive mental attitude that you got to have. We're not just talking about being motivated by some book. We're talking about the eternal God. The Holy Spirit. The one who caused the galaxies to exist and spoke them into existence. It's the same God that's in this house. I can barely sit still when I think of the creator in this house right now. If he can speak to the chaotic world and all of its dark and mess in the book of Genesis and create something beautiful out of it, I don't care what your life looks like, just one word. One word. And you come back to life. Lift your hands right now to him all over this place and say, Jesus, I want a word from you. Come on, tell him I need a word from you. 
I need a word from you, God. He's walking in this place right now. You'll never have to be the same again. I'm telling you, he's real. He's alive. He loves you. He's moving in this house right now. I need a word. Tell him, I need a word, Jesus. I need a word, Jesus. You may be seated. Give me a few more minutes. Hallelujah. Mm. 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 Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Football game was being played in Badger Stadium in 1982 in Madison, Wisconsin. More than 60,000 fans were in attendance. The home team was losing, but out of the blue, during timeouts when the play was at a stop, the fans would jump up and roar with excitement. Why on earth were they doing this? Many of those in the stadiums were listening to a game being broadcast on the radio from 70 miles down the road. What they were listening to was the Milwaukee Brewers beating the St. Louis Cardinals in game three of the 1982 World Series. Their team on the field was losing, but they were turned into something better down the road. Which I just want to throw this out there has nothing to do with my message, but for those concerned, the Cardinals won, by the way. If those watching the game had known about the game seven, the Cardinals fans would have been cheering too, even though they took a loss. But here's the point of the story is that what they saw on the field was a loss. What they saw on the field didn't match what they were saying and what they were cheering and what they were voicing about. What looked like a loss to them was actually something better that was happening just down the road. There was something better on its way and they began to cheer about it. What I'm here to tell you is that we don't walk by what we see. We don't walk by our feelings. We walk by faith. Hey, I'll tell you, sometimes I come to church, I don't want to dance. Sometimes my body's tired. Sometimes my mind is worn out. But when I come into the presence of the Lord, I start to tune in to a voice from another world. I start to tune in to a voice from heaven. And I hear the word preached. And something begins to stir in my life. What I'm here to tell somebody this morning is you need to turn into the word of God. You need to tune in to what the Spirit is saying. You got to start turning off other things. We've got too much of the world that's coming in our ears. We've got too much of the world. I'm not here to preach standards in your life and convictions. I'm going to let your pastor, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God do that in your life. But what I am here to preach is that I know that there's a noise in the world today that's trying to drown out the voice of the Spirit. And if the church isn't careful, we'll get so caught up in the noise of the world that we won't hear what the Spirit is trying to say to the church. It is the Spirit spirit that gives life it is the spirit that gives hope it is the spirit that gives direction that's why Paul said are you so vain and ignorant to believe that once you started in the spirit you can now finish in the flesh Paul was saying get back to the spirit I'm here to tell every man woman and child get back to the book get back to the spirit turn off whatever you've got to turn off oh I know I know 
Not everybody's going to shout about that. I didn't think everybody would be running the aisles on that. Nobody wants to turn off the noise of the world. But is there somebody in this house that wants to tune in to the Spirit of God? Somebody that wants to hear the Word? Then you've got to tune in. Uh-oh. Man, I stepped into it. We were doing good, weren't we? And then I started stepping into business. I started stepping into business. I know. There's entertainment. There's news. There's media. There's Instagram. There's Facebook. There's Twitter. There's Snapchat. There's all the wonderful things that the world tries to input things. And I'm not here to preach against all of it. Lots of good things have happened on some of those social media sites. And I, I thank God that we're being live streamed right now. Good things can come out of that. I'm all for it. Let's have church. But there's got to be something within us that says, I want more than the noisome pestilence of the world. I want more than just the chit-chat of politics and commentators and what the news has to say about it. I want to know what is God saying about today. I need an understanding for the times in which we live. Come on, Fox News can't give me what I need for my family. CNN can't give me what I need for my family. I've got to have a fresh word. I gotta have a fresh word. Whatever I've got to do, I need the word of God. Whatever I've got to turn off, I need the word of God. Whoever I've got to tell and cancel the appointment, I've got to hear what the Spirit is saying. I can't move forward. That's why families are being broken up. That's why people are living in confusion. That's why there's darkness that's plaguing even the best of church folk. It's because they stop tuning in to what the Spirit of God says. They wait on the preacher to hear from God. They wait on the teacher to hear from God. They wait on somebody else to hear from God and maybe tell him what God is saying but God wants a personal relationship with you he wants that no man should teach you but yet the spirit of God would begin to speak in your own ears in your own hearts and hear what the spirit of God They used to sing that song, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, and the joys we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. And he walks with me, and he talks with me. When's the last time you heard the voice of the Spirit? When's the last time, I feel something here right now in the Holy Ghost. When's the last time you heard your shepherd talk to you? because the scripture says my sheep my sheep my sheep know my voice when was the last time you knew the voice of God was speaking into your spirit when was the last time you heard the gentle voice of the master and you didn't need anybody else but you got shut in with God in the secret place and the spirit of God began to speak to you when was the last time Woo. hallelujah my sheep know my voice and he's talking he's trying to speak to you this morning he's trying to tell you things that's why that spirit of discouragement has been hanging over your head that's why there's been a spirit of discontentment that's why there's things that have been hanging over you but one word from God can dispel that I know a man that in the Bible says that there was a man the centurion he came to Jesus he said I'm a man under authority I don't need you to come to my house but I do need you to just speak the word if you'll speak the word oh spirits have to go oh, oh God 
Somebody's going home free today in the name of Jesus. If I've got to bust through every door in hell, somebody is going home free today. I'm tired of the enemy locking up your family. I'm tired of the enemy just walking nilly into your home freely like he reigns there. You need to kick him out in the name of Jesus. Just one word. Come on, this doesn't just need to be a mama and a daddy thing. Spouses need to get together. Children need to get together. Young people need to get together. Elders need to get together and begin to say, God, would you speak to us? God, would you talk to us? Lift your hands all over this place right now. There's a Holy Ghost anointing in here to destroy every yoke. The enemy has lied to you. He has got some of you locked up. He's bound up some of your children. You've been fretting and crying and worrying and asking God why. And I'm here to tell you that just one word from the Spirit of the living God can set your house free. Not a new program. Not a new series. Not a new video. Not the news. Nothing else. Not more money. Not a better job. Not a new place to to live there's only one name by which we are saved only one name that your children are coming out of that dark place only one name that your spouse is going to be saved only one name that's going to lift your family up it's the name that's above every name the name of Jesus come on somebody shout his name Jesus somebody shout his name Jesus Come on, don't play around with it this morning. It's war time. It's not time to be asleep. Awake now to your righteousness. Awake now in Jesus' name. We need some Holy Ghost filled men. Men of truth and courage. We need some Holy Ghost men to lift up your voice like a trumpet and say not in my house, not in my church, not in my community. In the name of Jesus, devil the Lord rebuke you. I'm standing fast in Jesus name. Come on, man of God. Come on, man of God. He's called you and anointed you for such a time as this. Rise up in Jesus' name. Some people aren't going to like what I'm going to say. But I thank God for women in leadership. I thank God for women that, that boldly speak and know how to pray. Powerful women. Women that know how to manage. Women that are business leaders. I, I thank God for that. It's amazing. But I'm telling you, the reason that God has had to raise up some Debras in our generation to be prophetesses and to step into roles that God didn't intend for them to take is because there has been a lack and a dearth of men that will rise up by faith and lead like God has called them to lead. Come on, you, you, don't, you can listen to the world if you want to, but I've been listening to the voice of the Spirit and God says it's time for some men to rise up by faith and start covering our children, covering our women, covering our church and covering our communities in Jesus' name. It's time to put on the full armor of God to kick down the enemy and lead the way in praise, lead the way in prayer, lead the way in truth. Because if men will do what God's designed men to do, it'll free up the women 
to do what men can't do, what men weren't called to do. And women can finally start stepping into the role that God has called them to be. And they can lead with significance. And they can lead with peace. And they can know that they're covered. And they can know that they're loved. And they can know that they're respected. I thank God I feel it in this house. There are wonderful women of faith, women of prayer, women of truth. You've carried burdens on your shoulders that you weren't meant to carry. But by the spirit of the living God, he's caused you to raise up like the prophet Deborah and to speak the word to the generation. And if Barak isn't going to do it, I know there's a woman of God that says, God, put your hand on me. Cover me. I submit myself to my pastor. I submit myself to your authority. I submit to myself to your spirit. But you speak up. Oh, he's in this house. Give me a few. Can I have five more minutes? Can I have five more minutes? We got to start standing by called the enemy. He's trying to destroy our families. He's trying to destroy our churches. He's trying to divide up everything that can be shaken, will be shaken. He's trying to divide it up and it's time now for the church of the living God to bind together. God has something better for us but you cannot receive it unless you get up from where you're at and you reach forward to where God's calling you to. Thank you brother Luke for preaching to us about blind Bartimaeus but blind Bartimaeus still had to get up and he had to go where Jesus was calling. The miracle was waiting but he had to get his britches up but I'm blind I'm blind I can't doesn't Jesus know I can't get over there doesn't Jesus know I've got a condition I've had it since my birth doesn't Jesus know I've got a problem surely he could just come over to me and say the word and wave his hand surely he could do that but that's not what the scripture says the scripture says that if you draw nigh to God he will draw nigh to you you've got to pick yourself up dust yourself off and walk by faith and not by sight and go to where Jesus is at and the miracle is waiting Oh God, you love me still? Everybody still love me? I'm a sanguine. I need people to love me. You love me still? Because I'm about to hit you right square between the eyes. Some of you are still standing and sitting there waiting on God to move on your behalf. Waiting on God to come in and fix all of your problems and your issues. When you don't want to give up things in your life. When you're not ready to turn away from friends who've been pulling you to the back. But God says it's time to separate yourself. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. I will receive. You doing all right? Wave your hand. Doing all right? Sometimes we're waiting for the preacher. Preacher, come preach me out of this. Singers, come sing me out of this. Come on, teacher, teach me out of this. Somebody help me out. Somebody do it for me. Don't you know I got a condition? Don't you know it's been in my family for years? Don't you know I've been in trouble? Don't you know I just can't do anything for myself? I'm weak. I've made mistakes. I've got a bad past. Come on, somebody do something for me. And God is saying, I have given you a measure of faith. I have given you what you need to get where I need you to 
to go. But you've got to get up by faith. And you've got to start walking in the name of Jesus Christ. You've got to say, I'll come down before it's ever given. The invitation's ever given. I'm going down in Jesus' name because I need a miracle. Now, I'm a pastor, and I love the church that I pastor. I'm almost done. I love the church that I pastor. I'm so blessed. My wife and I, we're so blessed. We're newbies at this, so I'm learning everything I can because you got a great pastor that's here, influenced our life from a distance and afar, and I love him, and I thank God for him and a wonderful congregation of people. There's such freedom in this house. I thank God for it. But can you imagine what would happen if pastor didn't have to get up into the mic and say, come on, everybody. Everybody clap your hands. Come on, everybody worship. Everybody come up to the front. Everybody lose loosen up a little bit. Come on, everybody. I wonder what would happen if we brought the fire of God with us. I wonder if it would happen if we came with expectation and faith. I wonder what would happen if we didn't wait for the first note of the bass and the first beat of the drums. I wonder what would happen if we didn't wait for the first scripture to be read, but suddenly out of expectation and faith and a little bit of desperation, Brother Luke, we ran forward and said, God, I'm ready for my miracle. I'm ready for my touch. I'm ready for you. I need you. I need you. Gotta have you. Gotta have you. Stand with me if you will. Come on, tell Jesus, I've gotta have you. I've gotta have you. I can't leave you. I can't leave this place without you. I've gotta have you in my life. God's about ready to pour out his spirit in this place. And whatever you have need of, there is a miracle that's waiting for you at this altar this morning. And God is about to do something amazing in your life. Something better. Somebody say something better. A woman diagnosed with a terrible disease, life-threatening disease, went to her doctor. Her doctor, they tried every medicine that they could. They tried everything that they could. And they said, woman, we, fig- we-, we tried everything. It's not working. It's beyond us. But you need to go home and get your life in order. Get your will made up. Get everything ready because you need to go home. Get everything ready to die. We've done everything that we know to do. The woman being a woman of faith, gone to church for many years, lived faithfully for God, wasn't afraid of death. Death to her was no big deal because she had heard a voice from the other side knowing that there was eternal life, that she's just passing through on her way to eternal glory. She wasn't afraid of death, but she called her pastor over. She said, Pastor, I need you to come over and help me with a few things. I, I don't really know how to do all this by myself, so I need your help. Pastor came over to her house, and they both sat down at the dining room table. And while they were talking, she said, Pastor, this is what I need you to do for me. said, I'm, I know it's tough. I know it's difficult. And I love you. I'm not afraid, but we need to plan out my service. This is plan out some things for the future. She said, this is how I want it to go down. I want you to be uh, preaching. I want this person to do a special for me. And I want these certain things to happen. I want this poem read. And then she said something that was interesting that made the, uh, made the pastor kind of give a little funny look on his face. Because she said, and when I get there, pastor, I want you to take a fork and I want you to put it in my right hand. And I want you to bury me with a fork in my right hand. Well, her pastor got that funny look on his face. He said, now listen, we're going to do whatever you need us to do, but just tell me one thing. I don't understand. Why do you want us to bury you with a fork in your right hand? With that gleam in her eye, she said, well, pastor, 
She said, as long as I've been coming to that wonderful church and they've been so good and blessed me and we've been having those fellowship dinners. You'll remember, Pastor. After those services, we'd go to eat together and we'd have those big potlucks. She said, I love those potlucks. Everybody cook a great meal and we'd be in, eating. Those are some of my favorite times, just fellowshipping with God's people and there among the body of Christ and eating some good food. And she said it would always happen near the end of that course, the end of that meal, that they'd come by to collect the plates. And whenever they would come by, they'd say, can I take your plate from you? And we'd take and we'd give the trash to them. But they would always tell us, hold on to your fork said when they said that she said I always got excited because when they told me to hold on to my fork I knew something good and better was on its way I knew there was going to come a cake there was going to come a pie there was going to come something delicious and something better was on its way so when I'm buried she said I want you to put a fork in my right hand and when people pass by my casket and start to cry and wonder why God had to take me you just speak to them and encourage them with this hope and say she's gone on to something better so I've come to tell somebody this morning hold on to your fork cause something better is on its way in your life hold on to your fork I came with the word from the Holy Ghost here this morning to let somebody know that, the, that God is not done with you, that the devil is a liar, and that this morning God is ready to pour out his spirit upon your life. You may look back over your life and say, Preacher, I don't know what you're talking about. I've lost my fork, or my fork is broken. I don't know what to do anymore. But I've come to tell you this morning, there's more forks here today. I said there's more fork. Hold your fork, because something better is coming. Get a hold of of the truth that God is speaking this morning and declare it by faith and say something better is on its way. Something better is on its way. Hold on to your fork, brother. Hold on to your fork, sister. Hold on. God's God. I've come to declare to this church here today, I know you've been in this building for 14 years, but you need to hold on to a fork or something better is on its way. God has already provided for it. you got to get behind what God is doing here. Lift your hands all over this place right now. I feel the anointing and the Holy Ghost in this place. You are never going to be the same again right now in the name of Jesus Christ. If you need the Holy Ghost, lift up your voice right now and say, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. I'm sorry for everything I've done wrong. I'm sorry for all of my past sins and mistakes. I'm ready for something better. I'm ready for something new. I'm ready for a brand new time. It's coming to your house today. Come on, lift up your hands one more time. We're going to pray together. And after I get done praying with you, I'm going to shout as loud as I can, hallelujah. And when you hear me shout hallelujah, I want you to raise your voice and shout hallelujah as loud as you can and begin to give God the praise and His Spirit is going to refresh and renew you today. It's going to fall fresh on you today. Do you believe it? Do you want it? 
to somebody who wants something better, hold on to your fork because something better is coming right now. Lift up your hands all over this place. I'm going to pray for you right now in the precious name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for these precious people. I thank you for your spirit that's in this house. I thank you for the anointing of God that's upon this church. I pray in the name of Jesus that every spirit of doubt would go. Every spirit of depression would be broken. Every spirit of fear would be bound. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would baptize us with Holy Ghost and fire. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice. Something better is coming for you today. Something better is coming for you today. Hallelujah!